right, everyone. Welcome back to the latest edition and episode of Spinster versus Spinster, which is our friendly debate mini-series that Jess and I like to do. Lighthearted, casual conversation about horror movies. And Jess, what are we covering today? Well, not only is this a special Halloween episode, because it is Sunday, October 23rd. It is the first, it is the final week of October, and we're moving into Halloween week. So not only are we doing a Halloween special Spinster versus Spinster, but also we are talking about the Halloween franchise. And the reason why we are talking about this franchise is because one of us thinks it's overrated and the other one doesn't. And on the internet, folks, you all thought it was going to be me that thought the franchise was overrated. But... That is untrue. (laughs) Also, what inspired this super fun (laughs) episode was Jess was in Toronto visiting me in the summertime, and she said this very inflammatory statement, and it made me laugh, and I was shocked, and I was like, we need to talk about this. And so, folks, (laughs) what did she say? She said to me, to my face... I would rather watch any Friday the 13th movie over a Halloween movie. Wow. Wow. Scathing review of the Halloween franchise. (laughs) I will not deny that. And I will still stand by that comment. Um, That has not changed. I would rather watch any of the Friday the 13th films over a Halloween film. The only time I watch Halloween is at Halloween. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. So now we'll get into it. So I think we'd start off with our quote opening statement, like a brief, like just a general statement of our defense today. So Jess, a brief overall statement. Then we're going to get into like the OG series, the Rob Zombie films, and then the new David Gordon Green reboot that is still like right now Halloween ends is in theaters. So we're going to go from 70s all the way to literally 2022. So Jess, first opening statement on why you think the Halloween franchise is overrated. I find this franchise is overrated. It always lands at my bottom three when I say my top, when it comes to my favorite franchises from the 80s. It's Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. I find it overrated because it is so inconsistent Mm. with everything from the get-go, from number two. Things are changing. The stories are always changing. Michael Myers' origins is always changing. And it's, like, <laughs> not consistent. And it's, like, you have this love-hate relationship with this this franchise. I have points about it that I love hmm. and that, like, and I will go to because, like, you know, yeah, I can I can agree with that stuff like that. Dr. Loomis, I will die on that hill that I love Dr. Loomis. I would literally and kill he's for Dr. Loomis. Reasons, he is probably one of the only reasons why I go back and watch these films sometimes is because I'm like, well, I'm going to get some amazing Donald Pleasance, <laughs> Dr. Loomis one-liners, and he is just so serious. Yeah, and of course, we get the final girl, Lori. She kicks off that trend for us and very well-written character. But by God, they butcher her story time and time again that you just don't get this consistent end for Lori Strode, and you're just, like, disappointed. And I, I get bored. 
I get bored with this series. I, I, I get watching and then I get distracted. Like today when I was watching my first, my only three that I enjoy, or technically two, because we're only talking about one and two uh, of the franchise, I was making a pumpkin amigurumi. I needed to keep my mind, I needed to keep busy to keep me watching these films. So that is my opening argument. And that is very fair, because I agree, <laughs> it is not consistent. It's wildly all over the place, often. Absolutely. And you're going to love that, you're going to hate it, it's not going to work for you. So, opening statement. Why I think this franchise is not overrated, and it deserves the acclaim and popularity that it gets, it's iconic. Number one. Halloween from 1978 is a stone-cold classic of slasher movies from horror movies. It changed the game and really kicked off and kick-started the slasher series, like the whole slasher genre of the 80s. The John Carpenter of it all, um, the master of horror, guy who looks like my dad, um, that (laughs) iconic theme that even casual horror fans know the Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. Michael yes. Myers, iconic killer, iconic killer of the 80s. Our final girl, Laurie Strode, again, icons all over the place. Secondarily, this movie is called Halloween and it surrounds Halloween, the horror band's <laughs> holiday. <laughs> Pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns galore, fall. It screams the like autumn, you know, like crisp autumn air, crunchy leaves, spooky time. So it's all around a, a treat. Again, generally speaking, this this franchise can be quite wonderful. So that's my opening statement. Let's get into the OG series. What I will say before we jump into that is we actually have a full I Spin in Your Podcast episode on uh, Halloween up until Halloween 5. because we did the horror icons of the 1980s series. So we only covered the 80s releases of the movies. So I don't think we necessarily need to get too deep into that. That is a fantastic episode. Actually, still one of my favorites because it hits on a lot of really interesting aspects of the original series. So folks, I would say go listen to that for sure. You don't have to, you can listen to this later, listen to this first and then go back, whichever, but it's a really great companion piece. But it was, yeah, one of my favorites and we get really kind of deep dark and dirty with that OG friend, the OG series. So folks, listen to that. I met him 15 years ago. I I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. OG series. So we're not discussing Season of the Witch. We decided prior to this that that would, I mean, it's not I a season of the witch. slasher movie. It's not the Michael Myers. It's not the quote Halloween franchise as we know it, but that can kind of jump into the whole inconsistency of this all. We know John Carpenter wanted this to be an anthology series. Shit went awry. Here we are. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because in watching, because I watched one, two, and three this morning, yeah. and 
at the end of two, Dr. Loomis talks about the whole history of Sawin and the druids and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so they were leading up to, you know, yeah. th- what's going to happen in yeah. uh, Santa Marta with the whole shamrock uh, cl- industry and stuff like yeah. that. So it's like, okay, so yeah, it was building its way, but yeah, it didn't. I can understand people got angry because Michael Myers wasn't in the film. Oh. I get it. You go to see a Halloween movie, you've expect you've seen one and two. Yeah. You're expecting to see Michael Myers and Laurie Strode fight it out again yeah. because that's yeah. you know their tradition. But then, but then you you just get this glorious film surrounding Tom Atkins, <laughs> another icon. you know. It, it is Halloween. Yeah. You know, kids running around in masks yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. There's that extra peril of these kids gonna all die in masks. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty um, nihilistic. These people going for these yeah. children right these the stonehenge the folklore elements of it so it's its own special movie yeah. and i know that people over the last like five six years have really come around back to it because they're just like it's a cult classic yes. in its own yeah in its own right so i saw somebody literally on twitter today be like oh my god season of the witch doesn't even have michael myers in it it's the worst i was like where have you been but oh also my god. like it came out of what 19 19- like 85 like this is yeah okay folks if you're just learning this okay i'm not gatekeeping but no wow come on (laughs) (laughs) or somebody's still having this discussion (laughs) yeah and of course you walk away from this film with that lovely song in your head forever happy happy halloween 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 like even today i was like wait how many days is it till halloween (laughs) nine more days till halloween 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 we said we were gonna talk about it we're talking about it but okay okay it is a wonderful like Halloween as in Halloween season themed yeah, movie. Exactly. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the OG series. So on on my end, there I think there are over like overarching in this franchise, but talking about the OG series, there's some low points and there are high points for me. And I think mm-hmm. the high points are very high, which make up okay. for the low points for okay. me. I think overall the OG series are very well crafted slasher films, like very well crafted. Are you and you're talking 1 to 5 where? 1 to 5. Okay. Yes. That's the well OG series sorry actually goes up to Cuz I would say like H2 uh, like you got Yeah, sorry. All six, the way up H2O to H2O Resurrection. Resurrection. Okay. <laughs> so okay, 1 to okay. like 8, whatever. I'm not doing yeah, math. There you go. So <laughs> so again High points and low points, but generally that OG series, I think, are really, really great, entertaining, well-crafted slasher movies. Um, And historically, Jess, you are not a slasher movie fan. Yes, historically, I am not a slasher movie fan. We talked about this literally, like, not even 10, 20 minutes ago when we did our (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street clubhouse discussion. And I'm like, Kelly is the slasher subject matter expert of the Spinsters of Horror. I'm more cerebral. I like my cerebral horror. However, I do enjoy absurd films and that's probably one of the reasons why i like nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th so much is they're absurd the kills are just absurd and this is another thing we talked about is that these films we tend to remember the deaths of all these uh people who die in these french franchise movies i don't remember a lot of the deaths in halloween i forget off off the time because they're not memorable to me because to me michael myers is not a memorable character like a uh, the, the the shape is not memorable to me. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a plus. Maybe that helps him get by in society and stuff like that. But are you saying that Michael Myers, the icon Michael Myers, is not memorable? No, not not to Whoa. me. Like... <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. 
Michael Myers or The Shape, as he's called in the OG movie. So like I said, we do have a full episode on this. But Mm -hmm. what I love about the OG franchise, sorry, the OG series is the darkness in it. And I know when we talked about it, Jess, that was something that made you uncomfortable and you weren't really a super fan of, which kind of goes into your, I love Friday the 13th because it's out, it's outrageous, kind of over the top and absurd. Nightmare on Elm Street has the rubber reality. It has the imaginative surrealism kind of like dream kills and stuff like that. Too close to true crime. Too real for me. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. No, it's a really, really great point. Um, And it's, why I, one of the reasons why I love it so much because mm. a lot yeah, of slasher movies aren't going to be absurd. They're going to be somebody stalking you, the POV shots, lurking, and then just stabbing you, which is like so intimate and so painful. And it's a slasher for a reason because they use weapons that like hack and slash, you know, they're axes, they're machetes, they're going to be kitchen knives. So I love that about it, especially a lot in the OG series, that there is a lot of darkness in it. um, And we get, again, super deep into that in our episode. So I frankly really love that about it. And I think that's what makes me uncomfortable in the series. But I think this series would be stronger if it didn't bring it, start bringing in the supernatural element to it. Mm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. with Friday the 13th, and I feel like even with, um, like, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street and even with Friday the 13th, we are introduced to a supernatural element of these antagonist from the get-go. Michael Myers, no. We are told that he is just an evil individual. You know, he is just evil. Like, that is it. Like, Dr. Loomis screams it all the time. He is evil! Kill him! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anytime anyone talks about Michael Myers, he's like, he's evil. Like, not even, it's like, you should not be anyone's psychiatrist (laughs) ever. (laughs) I shot him six times! Great! (laughs) Um, But then later on in the franchise, like in the earlier franchise, they start to introduce these supernatural elements to Michael Myers and the Cult of Thorn. And I'm like, really? Why? Why are you doing this? Be consistent with the story. Stick with the darkness. Yeah, the darkness makes me uncomfortable because it's more of of a real experience for women. And we talked about this with stalking and obsession. Yeah. But then that's where I like the franchise because then we see Laurie Strode um, as an individual, as a character dealing with that, you know, both in the moment and then later on um, the the trauma of it. And I talked about it later when we compared H4O, which we'll talk later to H2O and the story of Laurie and how she deals with the PTSD and the trauma because that's a real experience that women experience. Mm -hmm. But then... So it's like, you get like this like good point, like it, you get these like, it's like there's these misses. I mm. want to say like, it goes and go away and all of a sudden it's like goes this way and it's like, well, yeah. And then all of a sudden Laurie Strode's story changes as well. So then yeah. that inconsistency, sorry. So like, at the end of the day, it's just an inconsistency. There's yeah. no consistency yeah. with Michael Myers' yeah. story, with Laurie's yeah. story. Yeah. They try to do a variety of things, take it in different directions. Like, yeah. you can just have a basic slasher movie for 10 movies. If you want to do that, you can. That's Friday the 13th. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to get creative and go with it. I kind of like Curse of, My- Curse of Michael Myers. I do kind of like this okay. called a thorn. Kind of, again, bringing in this element. Because it's like, at first, he's evil. Just like this yeah. pure embodiment of evil. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's spooky. That's scary. Evil is never fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Mm -hmm. not always. Um, (laughs) And then it's like, oh, now he's Laurie's. We find out in Halloween 2, the sequel, that, oh, Michael is Laurie's brother. 
So he has, there's like that family element. He's coming after his family. Then we carry that into four and five with Jamie, Jamie Lloyd, little little Danielle Harris's character in four and five because she's the last remaining strode. So he's got to kill her. Laurie's daughter, right? Yes. She's apparently yeah, Laurie's exactly. daughter. Yeah. Um, so, and then we get into six, bringing in the cult of Thorn, which is interesting, but then we never get to see it again. It's not really well fleshed out, but it's kind of interesting and why it ties into, you know, Michael always coming around on Halloween and maybe it's a little muddled. I mean, like we only get really one movie to explain any of it, but and then it's left forever. But then why is he so obsessed with this one family and just going yes. after his own and then family the, in, the entire time? We're like, why? Why yeah. why just them? Like it yeah. under, like we understand why Freddy Krueger goes after the Elm Street kids. Yeah. We understand why Jason Voorhees has an issues with like, you know, people at Camp Crystal Lake and stuff like that and just campers. Yeah. But we don't yeah. really understand why Michael Myers has this weird obsession around his family. Yeah. I appreciate that Rob Zombie later on gives us some explanation as to why the family becomes such a center point of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. But then that gets mu- that gets muffled down the line too because once again they try to pull in that supernatural element of Michael Myers and I'm just like start off with supernatural and then connect to the family. Don't <laughs> connect to the family and then all of a sudden introduce like a supernatural element to it to explain why Michael Myers cannot be killed. I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. I, this guy, this man is He's not human. Right. But I guess you kind of might have, you kind of have to bring in some kind of reason why this person or being can't die. So it gets like the only, and that's the thing about franchises and these slasher franchises. Freddy can, it can work because he lives in our dreams. So that's like a very metaphysical type thing. But if you want to cash in and do sequel after sequel after sequel, we kind of have to throw something else in, freshen it up. Mm -hmm. So sticking with the OG series. So I feel like in the OG series, there's a lot of characters that you can care about, which I think is not always the case in slasher movies. Of course, Laurie Stroh gets talked about a lot. Jamie and Rachel in four and five. Also her, Rachel's best friend, Kelly, I like a lot because she's such less like this fun loving girl. I would say Lori's son in Halloween H2O. I think there are elements where they do really create some really wonderful characters that we care about and we do get to hear more of their stories and see some kind of their, their side of the story and what they're living with and dealing with as this aftermath of Michael Myers coming after them. So... Again, not typical in a slasher movie. It's definitely not always happening in this franchise as a general whole. But most of the movies, we care about these characters and they're and oftentimes are reoccurring characters. Halloween Resurrection lacks all of this because we don't give a fuck about anybody in that movie. And for me, they that's one of the Laurie lowest from points. The <laughs> like she does all she does at the end just to die. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the OG series, I would say my favorite sequel is Halloween H2O. That's the one I watch the most. Um, that's the one I, I, I grew up with this whole series anyways, like as they came out. It's been interesting that I mean, I wasn't I was I'm born in 83, so I wasn't really around when Halloween was in the theaters. But from the 90s and onwards, like I watched the the original series and then was around for each new iteration was released. So I find that really exciting for me because I don't really have that with a lot of other franchises minus Scream. I saw like all of those in the theater. That was like my series that I grew up with. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'd say Halloween H2O um, was is my favorite sequel. Out of the OG series, Jess, what, what are your like high points or low points, if anything? If there are any high points. 
Well, like I said, there are, to me, the high point is the character of Laurie Strode. We get introduced to her in 1, 2, and I like H2O as well. Like, I like that story because you can talk, you can see a character who is dealing with the actual real reality of what it's like to be a, someone's obsession, to be stalked, to have this family trauma that is carried with you and you have to keep carrying it with yeah. you. You know, you get this yeah. interesting story along the way. Yeah. And those that's a high point to me like i as someone who deals with trauma and ptsd and stuff like that it's good to see that representation on the screen and i like as like so like those three films i like that complete this like there yeah but then when you start pulling in like four five and six and you get these other and i'm like now it's too much like i you know i don't remember those ones or unfortunately they're not memorable for me the only reasons why those ones are memorable for me is dr loomis because she's just <laughs> ridiculous as a character throughout yeah. the entirety of the series yeah. is hyped up and i just i also just really like donald pleasance as an actor i anything i've seen him in i'm just like ooh, this is gonna be fun because like he gets like he has these memorable lines as his character actor yes yes so those are does. my high points you know, and like I will, say, like I will always recognize the original film for what it did for the horror genre, and I always recognize what it did to bring in that how iconic it was and to bring horror to the mainstream. Right, um, Deborah Hill. You know the way she wrote her character characters mm-hmm. and they're relatable. Like I was thinking about that again today when the teenagers are talking. You're just like, oh, the dialogue is just so good. It's relatable, but then it does eventually get lost along the way. And then I think about like, huh, if Carpenter, who is well known for wanting to do trilogies, H, uh, if Halloween three season, which was technically supposed to be a trilogy, would we have had the introduction of the Michael Myers supernatural element brought into there? And how maybe Laurie Strode's family is connected to the individuals um, at the Shamrock industry. That's just a way out there theory or something like that, too. But, you know. John Carpenter wanted to be an anthology series, not a trilogy. Yeah, but thank you. That, you could almost think of that as like a little mini kind of trilogy. But I like your point about like Halloween 1, 2 and H2O is a really good kind of like well-rounded I I agree, definitely. Um, So Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, (laughs) Laurie Strode, three movies, high points. I definitely would agree with you there. High points are one, four, five, and H2O, which is seven. Those Those are my top movies from the OG franchise. Besides... I watch four and five, usually like back to back as a double feature at Halloween. Um, and like Halloween is just a staple at Halloween. <laughs> well, and what I like, okay, and another like a high point of the series that I like that you don't necessarily always get is you get the next day. I always like, mm-hmm. and that's I one of the reasons why I like, I, <laughs> I don't. You love continuations. <laughs> I like continuations. So I like to see that the next night we see what Lori ha- is experiencing the next night. And I know that four and five do the same thing where like you have. Uh, yeah. It's a continuation. Yeah. And we do the same thing like Rob Zombie does the way same thing. We do it we now we did it again with the in the new Halloween series. So I appreciate that it does that. But just for the love of God, stay consistent with your stories. Like when you have new people doing the movies, it's it's just you're not going to. I mean, we talked about that earlier, a little bit about Nightmare in Elm Street. There's you bring in a new director and it's gonna be its kind of its own thing. It's gonna have its own voice, it's gonna be its own thing. It's not unless yeah, you're happy. But there's still like an essence that stays with those movies. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. There's yeah. gonna be an essence. I would say that there's still an essence. I would disagree. Okay. I think there's an okay. essence. Inconsistently. Inconsistencies, yes. Essence, yes. <laughs> I mean, we all can't be Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven for Scream, minus Kevin Ugh, Williamson yeah, was not there in, in three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I don't like three. Yeah, <laughs> but they're it, they can change, right? So it's it's really important. I get that. I totally would understand. I understand your 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 reasonings for the consistency. I know that is like a really big thing for you. I'm less particular about it. But in my heart, I knew that hell would not happen. Let's move into. Rob Zombie's reimagining remake. So Halloween one and two, you can start us off. All right. So I honestly stayed away from this, like when I were like watching these a while ago, because like everyone just Rob Zombie for me is really known for this type of, um, I don't want to say gore hound, but what's that? It's a type of, um, Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Thank you. I feel like uh, Rob Zombie has a very much Grindhouse style. And I'll never forget one of the reasons why I didn't want to watch it, too, is, like, they're all of a sudden giving Michael Myers a backstory. And I'm like, well, we didn't give him a backstory in 1 and 2, and that worked for everyone else. Why are we giving him a backstory now? I find what I enjoy, my high points for these two films, is the backstory to Michael Myers. Mm. I like the fact that we do give Michael Myers a backstory and we start with the very human element of Michael Myers, but then he does the same thing that they do in the original and they start giving it supernatural element in the second one and I hate that. So like, I love the first one. The first, I, I don't want to say, I don't love. That's a very strong word. Mm-hmm. I enjoy <laughs> the first Rob Zombie Halloween yeah. because we get the backstory, we get the human you know, despair, the drama. We can understand why Michael Myers has the feelings that he has towards his family, why he has his obsession. Cool. But then we get into the second one. That's all out, almost out the window. And it's a supernatural <laughs> element. And he's following around his mother with a fucking unicorn. It's just a white horse, not a unicorn. Whatever. <laughs> Details matter. <laughs> it, it, okay, true. Details matter. But I don't get, I don't, why? Why are we, why are we doing this now? And so like, to yeah. me, because, you know, and then, like, I feel like this was also an engine of just seeing that a lot of gore. Want to see a more violent Michael Myers? Go watch these ones, because you're going to get a more violent Michael Myers. Absolutely. So I rewatched a bunch of movies yeah. I hadn't seen in a long time. These two movies I haven't watched in, oh, God, so, so long. Um, And I'm really fucking glad I did, because... Okay, yeah, I would like to hear your thoughts, because... I loved them. I do not love... The weird, like, esoteric, like, dream sequences shit that went on in the second one. I can forgive that. It's weird. Not needed. It just was not needed. I don't know if he just wanted to throw in his wife a little bit more. I don't want to be that person. But (laughs) she is in everything that he does. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I'll say, I understand these can be very divisive in the sense of a lot of people didn't like that origin story. Because we take away the fact, oh, he's just evil. Which is a fine blanket statement that makes it makes it spooky scary, but and I like that. Again, I like a lot of things. I like him mm-hmm. being just plain evil, sure. But it's kind of lazy. Here, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I like this human element. We get to see this origin story. We see him escape. We see him go after Lori. He's scary. He's menacing. He's fucking mean in this. And I I'm so happy that I did rewatch these because I will definitely champion his vision. It retains the darkness and the emotion, I think, from the OG series. And I really think that, generally speaking, these are what remakes should look like. It's going to retain aspects of the original series, the original kind of vision, and then put your spin on it. Put your style into it. Because, yes, Rob Mm -hmm. Zombie has his own style. And we see this in this movie. It's a little bit... We see it a little bit more in the second one, too. But, like, 
this like very not less grindhouse like music video like very like yeah. bold it's daring it's brutal it's traumatic and i really really loved these two movies put together the cast brad duriff we got daniel harris homage as Annie, oh my goodness! Like the 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 ending of the first uh ha- the first Rob Zombie Halloween is v- to me very reminiscent of Sally Hardesty at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She is just like we thought killed Michael Myers, bloodied face, screaming, laughing wildly. Mm-hmm. I really need to commend Scout Taylor Compton as this new kind of Laurie Strode. She was in my mind fantastic. And also a young actor, right? And then we mm-hmm. see her, uh, I think it's about a year later in the second one, and you see that change that's happened in her life. And it's just, oh, and also that opening scene of Halloween 2, the realities of the final girl, we don't often get to see this. And if you remember, it's all of her actual physical injuries of her surviving her. I got chills because I thought it was so good. She's got a broken arm, bruises, cut. She's in surgery. And I'm like, because we don't see that. We don't see the actual aftermath. Sometimes we see the emotional aftermath, but we don't see the actual physical harm that comes to our final girls and what makes them, and what essentially what happens to them and what makes them survive the night and what they have to get through like their adrenaline and everything to survive. It's just incredible. And I was so happy to revisit it. And the the death of Annie is very impactful to me. It's I think it's very emotional. It's very devastating. It's very sad. Especially because she made it in the first film. She did. And then she, yes. and she so to yep. have her die in the second film. We're like, fuck, that sucks. It really does. And it's just like, that was Lori's best friend, her confidant, the one that understood everything she was going through to have her be killed by Michael Myers again. I'm just, again, sorry, to have her killed off by Michael Myers is just Yeah, awful. like, the ha- like because she almost thought she had lost her the first time, but then yes. to have it, to ha- actually have yeah. it and have the second time. No, and, yeah. like, and I'm not going to disagree with you. These ones are, these two films, like, in, from my recollection, they were much more emotional. Like, they were much more like, oh, wow, like, this is what this experience would be like if that you were experiencing like someone stalking you and coming after you and constantly, you know, and just trying to murder you and you're just trying to survive that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, I, I totally agree with you to me. It gets a little out go once again, it gets inconsistent. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why do you, why did you change the story? Like, I feel it's like, and this is what happens again. This is this is why I had problems with, and the three new the three new ones are coming up. It's like they're trying to replicate the originals, almost like the style of like the night it happens, what happens in the night, right. what happens after. Yeah. Um, but we need to yeah. add in the reasoning as to why Michael Myers is what he is, and we're like, how about just how about he is what he is, and we just deal with that. Yeah. But they keep trying yeah. to like, oh, yeah. but you, you know. We can kill him so many times, we'll never kill him, and there's a supernatural element to it. I'm just like, wipe out the supernatural element to Michael Myers, and that's fine with me. I work with True. That works with me. But then why is he still alive? Like, there's there has to be a reason, because if you are a human person, if you're shot six times, most likely you're going to die, depending where those, blood, those uh, gunshots are hitting your body, but there's going to be a reason why. There's got to be a reason why Jason Voorhees continues to come. So as much as I understand your distaste for it, there has to be a reason. So, I mean, there has to be a reason why this person 
who started as a human being, who was birthed from a hum- from a person, can withstand being burned alive, drowned. I'm going into Jason Voorhees here. But you know, it like stabbed a hundred times, face bashed in and all of this stuff. There has to be a reason. Evil wouldn't just keep your body going. That would then be supernatural. But okay, and... Correct me. He does die in the in Hall of Rob Zombies too. Like there is the. It's been a while. Like it's been like three or four years since I rewatched that one. You didn't so. rewatch these movies? Come on. I'm kidding. Um. I, I guess in theory he dies. We don't get any more Rob Zombie films. He might have finished it off. So he must die in that. But she bashes his fucking face in. He was stabbed many times. Yeah, that's true. In the yeah. first one, like she's bashing his yeah. face in. But he lives and he's fine to kill another day, to slay another day. <laughs> there has to be a reason or it wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense. If you're a human being, do they go into the reason in the second film? Like did did no, did, no. did his just, mother have sex with dead. the devil? And no. like see that's why you never explain that. He just keeps coming he just back. Keeps he just coming keeps back. coming yes. after her. And you're like, but yes. what okay, did, did did something did they do medical experiments on him in the institution when that he was in to make him invincible? As like, far as we know now. Michael Myers <laughs> invincible. Hmm, maybe. So there has to be a reason. I know you're not liking the reasons we're providing, but there has to be no, a reason. I'm not. <laughs> Give okay. me a reason why this person keeps coming and traumatizing Lori. Not like. a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's the patriarchy, Jess. Come on. Oh, that's true. The shape. The shape. The shape, yes. right? And it's a, he is Michael Myers. It's the patriarchy. Yep. <laughs> kind of talked about that in our episode. Anyway, so let's jump into the final part of this discussion, which are the reboots by David Gordon Green. So our most recent iterations and visions of Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. So these ones start, so it starts in the 2018 version. We call it H4O for making it quick and easy to say. It's also just called Halloween. So it starts 40 years after the OG. So it removes Mm. all canon, everything that's been created before, again, create their own vision. Again, that's what happens with reboots, remakes. It's going to be your own vision, your own kind of like spin on it. I would say I don't like that they removed all canon. And I'll also say that these are my least favorite of all iterations. These new ones are my least favorite. I love Rob Zombie. I love the OG series. I do not love these movies. There's lots of problems with them that I don't like. And one of the main ones is you removed all interesting, relevant canon. Mainly, you take the family aspect of it. I will not believe that a man who just randomly killed... Off Laurie Strode's just random friends. serial killer one night, just going around killing people and becomes fixated on the one that got away. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's literally what Michael Myers is in that in that Halloween H four O whatever. It's he yes. gets out. He's he's just obsessed on getting the one that got away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a patriarchy, sure. I guess, because men get obsessed <laughs> about women that they got the one that got away. <laughs> Fuck. So it's. <laughs> And so I have seen um, 2018 version twice. I didn't 
I liked it better the second time. If I remove my issues about it being, mm-hmm. it removing all canon as like, as its own slasher movie, I thought it was good. It's fine. I was fine. I was like, this is good. I rewatched it because I wrote a piece about uh, modern final girls and modern day slashers and stuff like that. But I liked it more the second time around. Would I go back and rewatch it? No. Last night, I watched Halloween <laughs> Kills for the first time. Uh, and I so... Um, it felt for you. A couple of thoughts are around these. this new series is, well, again, it removes, to me anyways, all the darkness and the intrigue of the original series. Uh, there's no... St- it lacks style. It lacks voice. At least Rob Zombie had his own style. He had his own story to tell. And again, his own just filmmaking director's style. We know Rob Zombie movies because we can see that from a mile away. The OG series had a different style. Its own style. Again, it was very like... John Carpenter style type like... Exactly. They tried to kind of keep that simplistic aesthetic and simplistic style aesthetic aesthetic 2000s aesthetic you know those teens aesthetic right yes but this new series ooh, it lacks (laughs) a lot of things it lacks a lot and the other thing when i was watching it okay the bad dialogue where's my deborah hill dialogue oh my my God. god who wrote this I literally, okay, when I watched Halloween Kills, Ugh. I literally gave it a two-star review on yeah. a letterbox, and wrote, literally my review was, that was something. I it is a movie that exists. that exists. It is. Throughout the entirety of the film. I was like, what is happening? Also, like you said, they throw out canon, but then they bring it back in Halloween they, Kills. Yes, they bring back all of these OG characters. I was like, okay. Wait. Okay, so this is my thoughts, too, on this. This is so relevant because I just watched it, and it's also a newer movie. So they have all these bells and whistles, right? John Carpenter's Mm -hmm. back to update his score, the homage to even Season of the Witch. We've got Laurie Strode. He's back again. Children actors are back. We got Tommy Doyle's back, the nurse from just that one scene in the beginning of the OG movie. Lindsay Wallace is back. So we bring back familiar faces, familiar characters. These, So I feel like it has all these bells and whistles to be like, yeah, look. Look at all these nods to the original. The house. The original house is back. Yes. Yeah. So has all these bells and whistles without the substance. It has no tofu on its plate, right? There's no payoff. You no. watch it and you're like, well, that was a movie. Yep. And you're like, that's great. Okay. And then also, <laughs> sorry, there's so many things about it that I really didn't like. Except Michael Myers as a character, I think he just did a really a massive disservice to the franchise, to Michael Myers, the shape, and Laurie Strode in these new movies. Oh, they do. Yeah. Michael Myers evades police and how he does that is because he's stealthy what was this massive drawn out like mortal combat style killing with right? all the firefighters oh absolutely my. not absolutely that? not well, and then it gets and then it gets better later on when you see it later at the end when the whole mob of people at the end of the film trying to kill michael myers and you're like why are you doing this? Why? Also, Why? With him, he's just killing. He just has a kitchen knife, folks, and he's now killed all of you. It's not believable. No, it's not. It's not believable. So many aspects of it. And what I'll say, there's aspects of it that I liked. They bring in the town. They're like, we're okay, fucking yeah. annoyed by it. And we're so, well, they call it an infection. Michael Myers has infected the town, which you can imagine this small town has been repeatedly traumatized by Michael Myers as this serial killer, right? However, 
It would have been more powerful and made more sense if they had not erased aspects of Halloween 2, 4, 5, and H2O. But yet they tried to recreate elements of Halloween 2 and Halloween Kills. Yeah. Lori's in the hospital. Michael's going to try and get her at the hospital. Yeah. The town, like, even in Halloween 2, the town, like, the original right. Halloween 2, yes. the yeah. town does get involved and are like, we're fucking sick of this. What is going on? And they start, yeah. like, attacking the Myers house. Yeah. Well, of course, the, the townspeople are going to do that. They try to do that this, that scene in the hospital, and I hate it because you don't even get any of uh, Laurie Strode, at least in the original Halloween 2. Like, Laurie, we, we get Laurie. Even though it's in the hospital and she's drugged up and stuff like that, we did not get much of her in the second one at all. You know, if, no, especially if you want to no. make this big deal about it. But then even then, you, you do disservice to her granddaughter, who's supposed to be, like, the new torchbearer of the Strode family. Yeah, <sighs> it did a lot of things poorly. Um, also, fucking so saccharine. Like, the chanting, the bad dialogue, it's kind of cheesy. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Oh, my God. So, it didn't work for me. That's what I'll say, is that it didn't work for me. I can appreciate aspects of it, like the opening titles. They come back, like, John Carpenter's score is back. The score is generally good, sometimes a little over top for me. The font, it's hitting on things that, like, they. I feel like they hit on things that they think the fans want to see, and some of it fans do. And I know you believe this, is that... Overall, this franchise is very divisive. People get very defensive. We've seen that with Halloween Ends. Holy fuck. Watching everything that's unfolding right now with Halloween Ends, like people who love it, people who hate it. And it's like, yeah, we we knew I I knew this was going to happen with Halloween Ends. It's going to be divisive. Will I see the film? Yes, I will more than likely see the film on my own (laughs) when I'm ready. I was burned by Halloween Kills, so I don't have high hopes for Halloween Ends. Yeah. Because I feel like what they should have done, like, I liked Halloween in 2018 when it came out. I didn't, it was a fine movie. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Fine. It's yeah. fine. I'm enjoying this. It yes. was entertaining. Yeah. Thank you. But then, because like, I'm like, maybe this is their reimagining. This is like, like Rob's on me. They're reimagining, reimagining this film for a new generation. We're trying to be more um, politically correct. We're trying to have more different themes in these films. Be more overt about the whole idea of women surviving trauma and fighting against her. But then they decide to bring the canon back in into Halloween Kills. And and it sounds like what they're trying to do with Halloween ends and like cram it all back together and being like, well, now your your vision, your original vision is now completely gone. Or you're trying to bring your original vision in with the canon stuff and you're just mishing it all together and it doesn't work. Like choose a lane. Like at least with the Rob Zombie remakes, like you said, it's Rob Zombie's vision. It's a reimagining. It tried to, it went a different direction with the story, but it kind of works. My issue with that is that they try to bring the supernatural element in and it doesn't work again. Yeah. So it's like, and I try, I guess they try to fix that in Halloween, the supernatural element and just be like, he's just a serial killer and that's what he is. But then, like you said, they try to bring canon back in and it doesn't work. The box is it not working. It doesn't. <laughs> because I'm morbidly curious and a completionist, I will eventually see what I think is probably going to be a trash fire of Halloween ends because fuck, I want it to end. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't, at the ending of Kills, like, I don't even know where they're going to go. Where do you go from here? You've also killed, and I think killed, Lori's daughter. Yeah. Great. What's that about? Yeah. The most interesting character of the the series so far, I think, in that, in the new uh, movies. So I think it's time to round this out, but 
with some closing statements. <laughs> Jess, do you want to start final thoughts, closing statements on why you think the Halloween franchise as a whole is overrated? Anything new you want to add? I feel like this is a franchise that tends to just really let fans down from time to like from time to time. Like you you know, and you really have to pick what you really love about it. And to me, that's why I feel like it's an overrated franchise because it's like there's just not a complete set to it. It just doesn't satisfy me in the way that I, it, you know, Friday the 13th satisfies me or the way Nightmare on Elm Street satisfies me. And it's unfortunate that, that that's the case because there are some good high points and high elements and things that we've talked about and we talked about in our podcast episode that's really interesting about the series. But to me, like I said, and I will stand by this statement, I would rather watch any Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street film over a Halloween film because I'm just not going to get my, I'm not, it's never going to be satisfactory to me in the end. That's, and you want to be satisfied by your movie watching experiences. Satisfaction. <laughs> Is that so much to ask for? It's not guaranteed with Michael Myers. Michael Myers satisfaction not guaranteed. Ooh, ooh the shape. Shape enough not to be satisfactory. <laughs> uh, Your final thoughts and comments. I love that we agree on these new films because we haven't really talked about it much. And also, no, I just haven't. watched Halloween Kills last night, so it's like super fresh I was in my like mind. Super and I'm super excited to see you. I'm <laughs> super passionate about it. It seems I have whatever. Ugh. Um. Okay. Closing statement. Halloween is a franchise. I think it has its high points, its low points. Some of its high points, I think, are very high, like I said, which make up for the low points. It has various iterations, various renditions, various things going on. But overall, I think it's a really interesting and great franchise that has something for everyone. OG series, Rob Zombie, this new series that a lot of people do seem to be liking. Great. Not for me. And not everything's going to be for everyone. And that's fine. Do we need to get mad about it? No. That's why Jess and I have these wonderful, friendly debates, because we don't always agree on things. And who cares? <laughs> if we all had the same opinions, that'd be very boring. And if Jess and I had the same opinions, I don't think our dynamic duo would be as dynamic. So no, exactly. <laughs> Halloween franchise overall is perfect for spooky season. It's not Halloween until I'm watching Halloween movies. And again, the final point, yes, is it continues on with this like legacy and themes of violence against women because violence against women also carries on. And a final point is to check out a, our very wonderful episode on the Halloween series, at least the original to number five. Uh, I think it's one of our best. And I think we bring some really interesting points to light that not a lot of people are talking about. So Halloween. There you go. Our special Halloween episode on Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, the next episode, not sure what it'll be on. If you have any ideas that you, you know, any movies, series, franchises, favorite sequels, whatever you want us to have a friendly debate on, please let us know. We're always looking for fresh new ideas. But our next mini so would be a Spencer's Get Current, which movie? I don't know. We'll see what's currently happening when that and what we have access to because I am livid that I cannot get Hellraiser. We'll see what we have access to in the next couple of months and we'll have a Spencer's Get Current episode for you. But until then, folks, happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Watch more horror movies. 